What's up, everybody? Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Thanks so much for joining us. This is sort of the uh, the flow here for the last month, full month at least, of Big Sky Conference basketball, both men's and women's. We'll basically just take you around the Big Sky Conference. So we'll almost always hear from the head coaches for the Montana schools, Montana, Montana State, men's and women's basketball teams, which we will hear from uh, three out of the four. Today we'll hear from Travis DeKeer, Montana head men's basketball coach, Danny Sprinkle, Montana State men's basketball coach, and Trisha Binford, the MSU women's coach. But before we get to the Montana portion of this podcast. We hear from a couple of the guys that are bringing their teams to Montana this weekend. Steve Smiley, who's been on before, uh, but first appearance this year, Northern Colorado's head coach, will join us to kick things off. Uh, Northern Colorado plays in Missoula Thursday night against Montana, and then in Bozeman on Saturday in the rematch of the Big Sky Conference championship game from a year ago. Then we'll hear from Shane Burkhardt. He's the head coach of Northern Arizona, and uh, NAU just 2-7, and seven, but one of their victories over Montana in overtime earlier this year, and they play in Missoula on Saturday evening. So I've been going back and forth on the men's league just in terms of where we're at with it. I think that it's a a league that has a lot of, uh, how do you say, equity. I don't think the league's very good. I think a part of that is because there's so many newcomers to the league, and I think that maybe here the second half of conference play will see some teams coalesce. We've also seen Eastern Washington get out in front of everybody because I think they do have more continuity than anybody in the league, some of the most familiar faces in the league in a league full of newcomers. And same thing with Montana State. They have more familiar faces than a lot of squads. But other than that, it's been sort of hard to differentiate between teams three through ten i mean you look at northern arizona i think they've played five overtime games so far this year only two and seven in league play uh, but they've been in the mix with uh, a lot of squads northern colorado they're also just two and seven in league play but they have some of the best players in the league like dalton necht who's leading the the league in scoring dalen kuntz who led the league in scoring last year matt johnson who's a sixth year senior there at northern colorado so uh, all those uh, all those factors make northern colorado a dangerous squad even if they had a disappointing start uh, to league play. So we'll start with Steve Smiley. Then we'll hear from Shane Burkar. Then we'll hear from Trisha Binford, Montana State women's coach. They are 8-2 and two and in first place all alone atop the Big Sky Conference standings. Then we have our weekly check-in with John Velk, Velk Law, uh, our Grizz basketball sponsor. And uh, Velk will give us uh, his latest edition of his top 10 countdown of the best Grizzlies he's ever seen live and in person. Actually a top 12 countdown because there's 12 weeks of league play. Uh, so we'll do number eight today. So uh, be sure to stay tuned for that. Then we'll hear from Travis Takir, Montana head men's basketball coach, Danny Sprinkle, MSU men's basketball coach. Then we'll hear from Lori Payne. She's a Haver, Montana native and uh, the head coach at Northern Arizona uh, on the women's side. Uh, an interview that we recorded for Nuanas Now, my daily ESPN radio show. So we'll share that one with you. Now we also have some football. Paul Wolf, the new head coach for Cal Poly, will join us uh, to round things out here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Appreciate all of our fine sponsors, including Blackfoot Communications. Want to see how Blackfoot can help you in this ever-evolving, ever-challenging world? Visit goblackfoot.com. Also, thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. J&V Restaurant Supply, proud supporter of Montana State Athletics, as well as your home for everything kitchen. And Dave Maldonado, Maldonado Law, uh, your go-to guy for personal injury, criminal defense. Visit Big Sky Defender to check out how Dave's firm can help you. And, of course, thanks to Velk Law, John Velk, our uh, exclusive Grizz basketball sponsor, as well as the aficionado bringing you the top 10 countdown of the best Grizz he's ever seen. Big Sky Breakdown gets kicked off with a familiar voice, but one we haven't heard from for a while, Steve Smiley, the head coach of Northern Colorado. Up next... Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com.
Big Sky Breakdown rolls on, and now we are making the turn in Big Sky Conference play. Everybody gets to see everybody for the second time. We welcome in Northern Colorado head men's basketball coach Steve Smiley. Coach, thanks for being here. How you doing? Hey, doing good. Just just on the uh, just on the road, getting out there right now. So now th- things are good, man. We're excited to get out to Montana and uh, compete. Well, Northern Colorado in town uh, in uh, Montana this weekend, uh, taking on Montana in Missoula on Thursday, and then Montana State in Bozeman on Saturday. But, Coach, before we get to those matchups, let's just talk about the first half of conference play. What have you thought so far uh, of just the league so far, and where have you thought of just the way your teams fit into it? Yeah, I mean, I, well, first of all, I, I think the league is really good. Um, and I think as we kind of all went through the non-con schedule, even though our records were a little bit all over the place, you could see, like, everyone in our league, you know, beat some really good teams. Um, and, and so you knew that when we got to league play, I thought it would be a battle. And, and, and I think that it's, it's it's really started to play out that way in the first half of the league schedule. Um, you know, how, how we've done, obviously, we've, we've been disappointed with our, uh, you know, current, you know, life, life our current standing and, and it's funny how, how fine of a line the, the winning and losing is. You know, you lose an overtime game, you lose even the game in Montana, you really lose in the last. But that's, you know, you, you go to the Montana game, Weaver State, and, you know, they had that game pretty much won, and Weaver State kid hits a three at the buzzer. Like, that's how fine the line is. I do think the league's really good. Uh, I, I don't think there's any bad teams in the league, honestly. I think that there's a lot of parity, and, uh, and I think it's going to make for a great tournament. Coach, you talked just about sort of the margin of victory. It is crazy. I mean, you guys have, you know, the overtime loss to Idaho State. You beat Portland State by two, which I think was the night after Portland State won on a buzzer beater. I mean, it's been crazy. Montana Montana lost by one to Northern Arizona. I mean, I think Coach Burkar's team's played like five overtime games so far this year. So, I mean, what is, do you think, the biggest difference between winning and losing right now in this league? Well, it's a great question. I think I think it's really it's it's just you know one thing that we talk about with our team and our guys is like you got to eliminate losing and whether that would be uh, missing free throws, uh, you know, uh, bad turnovers at the wrong time. I mean, all these games they come down to the last two or three possessions. It's not really about the last two or three possessions. Right. It's about the course of the game. But I think that you know you, you look at a team like Eastern Washington who right now is you know doing great at ten and zero. They've had a ton of close games, uh, but they found ways to win at the end at the end and you got to give them credit for that so i think that you know you can look at youth experience uh you can make a million different you know you know hypothesis of why this or this or that is but when it really gets down to, to the course of the game I, I think the more solid teams are winning it when you get back to us you know we have not been solid enough uh to have a better record right now and we, we got to find a way to be more to find a way to eliminate things that contribute to losing Miller colorado head coach steve smiley joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown. And, Coach, you mentioned some of the, the ups and downs of the non-conference in this league, and I think everybody, you're right, had you know, sort of that one or two non-conference wins where they're like, well, that's our potential. That's what we can play to. And then maybe other yeah. other losses where you're like, well, uh, we got to be better than that. So, But you guys had that nice win over Colorado State. And, uh, I mean, you were in the mix. I watched your whole game against Colorado as well. You guys were competitive in that game too. So, I mean, yeah. do, do, do you think back to those games just in terms of uh, sort of w- what the upside is for your squad? Yeah, I th- yeah. When you look at our squad, and you look at you know, lost the buzzer to Air Force, who's right in the middle of the pack, the Mountain West. You know, lost late to San Jose State, who's right in the middle of the pack, the Mountain West. Really, we were really competitive against New Mexico until about the last five minutes like, in that game, and then they're a top twenty-five team. So, no, we had a bunch of you know positive moments uh, in 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 the non-conference. But when we uh, started league play right after Christmas, for whatever reason, we just went on a skid. And it took a, it, it was hard to get out of it. Finally, we had that Portland State win. 
But, uh, yeah, I, I think that for us, there's definitely a potential where we can be right there. We've got a lot of guys, you know, starting with, you know, Matt Johnson, Dalen Coates, and Dalton Connect that have uh, been major contributors to a team that lost in the championship last year. And I've been very, very pleased with how a lot of our new guys have played. We're just, for whatever reason, we're having a tough time having everyone play well on the same night and connect with those dots. And I think that's been a big thing for us. So we, we have a lot of... Uh, we have a lot of confidence that we could get this thing going in the right direction, but at the same point in time, you know, the reality is we're not we're not where we thought we would be, and we got to find a way to get better. We do have several you know, sort of market brand name type players to, to lean upon. I mean, Dalen Coons, one of the leading scorers in the league. And Matt Johnson, yep. I mean, I feel like he's been around for forever. And, uh, you know, Dalton Connect is, is one of the, you know, scoring the ball at a high level as well now, too. So um, yeah. how do you hope those guys sort of coalesce? And how do you hope those, that trio sort of leads you here now as you're into the second half of uh, Big Sky Guys? Yeah, play? I, I think those, yeah, those would kind of be like our big three. And then, you know, part of it, too, is, is finding the right fit around them. You know, the, the, other, the other couple spots on the court, whether it be – uh, more shooting to space the floor to give them more angles to drive, uh, whether it be, you know, helping out defensively. I mean, there's we've got a lot of players that are, you know, I think in a, in a lot of ways have some real good strengths, but also have some flaws and weaknesses. And so for us trying to, you know, as we kind of stir the uh, stir the soup together, trying to figure out the right blend to not only help our team win, but also to, to our three top players, you know, Dalton, Dalen, and Matt, to give them the best opportunity to be good. And so we're still trying to figure that out. But those, yeah, those three guys, like I said, you know, Matt's been an all-league guy for two years. Dalen, you know, was a first-team all-league guy last year. They're the same player. They, they, they struggled at times, but they, it's still in them. And then, obviously, with Dalton, you know, right now, Dalton's leading the league in scoring, and uh, he's been tremendous. But even with Dalton, he knows that he's got to improve on that defensive end and keep doing some things better. So we're, we're just trying to find a way to chip away at it. Uh, and, and even if we're not seeing the results right now, we got to find a way to play our best basketball in March for sure. One thing I've been talking about, Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com, on this podcast as well as on our ESPN radio show, I know there's been a lot of fans of Bodie Hume around the league, but I think I was the president of the Bodie Hume fan club. I thought he was he was just such a great player, man. And, and even when he – it didn't matter if he was scoring or not. I mean, his basketball IQ was just so high, and he just did so much stuff for you guys. I was so impressed with the way he became sort of this different role last year. Uh, as a senior for you, so uh, I, I mean, are you missing that, or I mean, how much, how hard is he to replace? Well, him, and then you know, I think you know, we lost you know Bodie Hume to the pros. Uh, he's doing a great job in Europe right now in Sweden. Drew Cookshausen of the pros, who was probably the best shooter in the league last year. Yep. He's playing in the country of Georgia, so we had a great specialist. And then Cor John Cooch, who's starting at Temple right now in the A10. They just they just won at Houston, so he was on the top ten the other night. I was watching Sports yep. Center top ten, and there's Kurt Jokic. Yep. I loved it. So, yeah, so I mean, we you know we lost a lot, um, and I think we've we've been able to replace that in certain ways. But a couple of things that we have not been able to replace <clears throat> going to Bodie and Corp is that you know their rim protection, uh, yeah. what was elite, and with our current team, we just don't have near as much rim protection. And so if we can't you know level off drives, and if we can't you know hold our ground on post feeds and dribble downs and stuff like that, we just don't have that rim protection, and it's been killing us. So. You know, going to your question of Bodie, yeah, Bo- Bodie was a great player. Uh, he struggled last year offensively, but he brought so much more to the table. Even when he wasn't shooting well, you had to respect the shot, so he was able to help us space the floor. And then on the defensive end, we could switch. Uh, he was a great, you know, help side, uh, you know, rim protector, shot blocker. So there, there's no doubt we missed that for sure. Well, it's interesting to hear uh, the perspective on the interior defense because we, we've been hearing a lot of the same thing from Travis DeCure this year. I think it's a, obviously a huge part of basketball. So let's talk about the matchups uh, this weekend. What do you think of the one uh, in Missoula on Thursday night? What have you seen out of the Grizz? Well, I, think, I think they're good. I mean, really 
good. I think, I think they're tough. Uh, you know, Travis is always going to have those guys playing hard, playing physical. Uh, I think that obviously a big piece of it. Someone mentioned me last night. I think Bannon's lead the team scoring, rebounding, assists. If, if that's accurate, but if, if that is accurate, which I think it is, I mean that's a big piece of what they do. <laughs> right, Bannon, but. But, you know, and he's a tough match, you know, and, and Travis has done a good job. You can kind of have him be a, a facilitator, a, uh, kind of like a point guard in the ball screen, so it puts you a little bit, you know, kind of an inverted way to guard it. you got to figure that out. And then he's good on the blocks. And then their size when they play the two or three bigs together with, you know, Deshaun and with Mac Anderson, with, with Bannon, that's a, that's a little bit different for the league. But I think that, like, in game one, I thought the biggest thing in the game is that, you know, there are three guys that we would consider for sure snipers on the perimeter with Moody, uh, Lionel Martin, and Vasquez, they went 7 for 11 from 3, and we basically lost the buzzer. And we've always been really good at guarding the three-point line, and we did a terrible do- job of that and give them credit. They went 7 for 11 from 3. So I think that they've got enough uh, floor spacing around the bigs, and they're, they're really built, built uh, you know, I, I think in a good way. So they're, they're hard, to, hard to play against. They're going to compete defensively. you, you got to go out there. you got to fight them. you got to find a way to get it done. And then I know you're not overlooking Montana, uh, but Saturday's matchup against the Bobcats, like you mentioned, a uh, rematch of the Big Sky title game a year ago, and uh, Montana State has been good so far this year. Again, looks like one yeah. of the teams to beat, so I mean, what do you think of the Bobcats? No, I think, I think they're really good. And, you know, obviously, I haven't spent as much time preparing for them as, sure. as just trying to keep the main thing with Montana, but you know, you play them 48 hours later, you know how good they are with... You know, I think, you know, Bello and then same thing, they were playing, you know, Bello and uh, Great Osabor together a little bit. That's a tough matchup for us just for the size of physicality. I think, you know, the biggest thing, though, is, you know, Raekwon Battle is taking such a big leap. I mean, he's he's been playing as good as anybody in the league this year right now, and his athleticism, his ability to make tough shots, it's hard, it's hard to, you know, defend that. And I think they did a good job, you know, guys like, you know, Darius Brown and uh, Caleb Fuller, Robert Ford, guys that came in as transfers and they were able to insert, you know, in, into that lineup and, and uh, be good right away. They've, they've just got a good veteran old team, and they're definitely one of the best teams in the league, you know, if not the best. I mean, they're right there with Eastern Washington. So, obviously, not overlooking Montana, because we got to keep the, keep the folks on trying to win one at a time. But, but going into Montana State, it's going to be a great challenge as well. Northern Colorado in Missoula Thursday night against the Grizzlies. We'll be there. Coach, we'll catch up with you here in just a little while. But thanks for joining us. Okay, thank you. Hi, I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, a seasoned litigator with over a decade of experience in Montana. Have you been injured in a car accident? If so, remember insurance companies want to give you as little money as possible. There's a reason why they have the biggest buildings in the largest cities. Don't let big insurance bully you. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today to see how I can help you get fair compensation for your injuries. The consultation's free and the fight's real. Big Shot Breakdown rolls on SkylineSportsMT.com or maybe you're listening on ESPN Radio. No matter how you're tuning in, appreciate you for being here. We're joined now by Shane Burkhardt. He's the head coach of the Northern Arizona men's basketball team. They're in Montana this weekend for a uh, road trip to play Montana State Thursday and Montana on Saturday. Coach Burkhardt, thanks for being here. How you doing, man? Good, Coulter. Thank you for thinking of us, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. Talk some college basketball. Well, first, let's start there, then. It's sort of the, the midpoint uh, of the Big Sky Conference season. So uh, you've been in the league now for a couple of years. What do you think of just the league in general? What's changed about it? Uh, or what are some of the, the challenges that you and, and maybe everybody else faces this year in the Big Sky Conference? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. The travel in the Big Sky is always, you know, for me, it's, it's fun because you get to see uh, the beautiful part of the, of this, the country. And, um, you know, a couple of changes that have been in the league. I'll tell you what, I think the players have upgraded. This is my fifth year in the league. 
here as an assistant coach. And, um, you know, you never want to say, like, so I'm a coach's coach. I like to think and this, the coaching and players are, are really good. Um, always have been a big sky underrated league. And uh, just excited to get a chance to go up and play in those venues of a Montana State of Montana. Probably two of the three best venues in the big sky. Well, your squad coming off of a, a good conference win against Northern Colorado this last weekend, 83-73 over the Bears. Uh, what did you like just about uh, your team's performance and uh, how are you guys able to get that breakthrough win? Yeah, great question, Coulter. I would say more than anything after watching the film, is um, we always talk about playing NAU basketball. And what we saw more out of the film than anything is just our effort, toughness, and attitude has been good. And uh, this is the execution. We got a nice lead at halftime. And the second half, Northern Colorado, good team. And their record doesn't indicate how good they are. Back to the big sky, right? Every team can win any any certain night and most certainly can represent the big sky in the NCAA tournament. But we we finished it down the stretch. Uh, We made some key baskets and got some important stops and just to finish that i don't know if you know much about our season we've had some heartbreaking losses a buzzer beater and some leads that we couldn't control at the end and just felt really good and all the stuff that we've been talking about kind of seemed to come to a head on saturday well funny because that was going to lead me right into my next question i mean you guys had a close overtime loss to utah valley overtime in southern utah you beat montana in overtime lost to portland state on that buzzer beater you lost a sack by three points eastern washington by three points so you guys have been in it pretty much every game for the last six weeks i mean what is the biggest determining factor between winning and losing for you guys right now and how small is the margin of victory right now well no you've done your homework obviously right um you know to get those games to win those games, you mentioned some of those non-conference games. You know, you look at, um, I remember I was sitting, I was recruiting, and you know, then I go back to my hotel one night after recruit, and I watch Utah Valley, us at Oregon, and Eugene. So, you know, we were, I think we're really close to being good. The record would not indicate that. And a couple of the other games that you talked about, it comes down to this executing at the end. Um, some of the ways that we lost my 25th year of coaching and I never experienced what we did against Portland State, just um, not being able to finish the game. You know, if you coach long enough, you're going to get beat by buzzer beaters, but just the last 30 seconds, just everything had to happen in a negative way, and it did. And, you know, that, that's, that's part of the, the season. And um, But for us, I think the biggest thing is our culture and just how connected we are as a team. And, you know, we believe in what we're doing. We have a young group of guys. And uh, to build this program, it's going to have these growing pains. You wish you weren't living them, but I think that's the reality of it. Shane Burkar here on the Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. He's the head coach for the Northern Arizona men's basketball team. And coach, I've been asking every head coach in the league about this because I think it's one of the biggest talking points around college basketball. But what are some of your theories and thoughts on just roster construction in this day and age? Because, I mean, there's just a million different ways you can go. Everybody's got transfers. Everybody's got high school kids. It's kind of a matter of what you put the priority on. But you guys have a couple great transfers in Jalen Cohn and Xavier Fuller, but also some good guys that you got that are four-year guys like Carson Tout. So where are you at just with how you build a roster and, and what are like the biggest challenges when you're trying to assemble a team this day and age? Well, an, another great question is, you know, the biggest challenge is what, what direction are you going to go? And you probably have to stay with it and believe in the process that you're going. I mean, you know what, Colter, you could look at, you know, five different teams across the country and they're all built differently and they're having success. So you have to go with what you believe in. And what we have done is a little bit of both. I think more than anything, if you were to answer it from my point of view is, you know, build from within. And uh, you have to get a piece here and there. And, um, you know, in this offseason, 
we think we're missing an important piece. And we'll probably go to the transfer portal on that just because we have a younger team right now. And next year, we're a year older. So we're going to have to talk about the recruiting, kind of get somebody who can come in here and play right away. And with that being said, being my third year as a head coach, one of those years being an interim, it takes a little bit of time. But, you know, we have a, one of our young guys, uh, C.J. Ford, who's registering uh, this year because of our depth there. But uh, number one team in the country out of Duncanville, out of Texas. So our recruiting has, you know, that's a lifeline of any program, and our recruiting has changed the last 24 to 36 months. So we're going to stay patient with our recruiting as far as building within, and we're not going to live in a transfer portal, but we'll add a piece here or there. And more than anything, we want to live with our four-year players. When you are recruiting uh, to NAU, and, and I love Flagstaff. I mean, my family's from northern Arizona. I, you know, I grew up my, my childhood in Sedona, so I know that area of the country well. My mom even went to NAU for a year. but So I love that part of the, the country. But, I mean, what do you think are some of the advantages? Like when you're out recruiting, what are some of the things you're selling about northern Arizona? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, a commitment, our leadership team, uh, our athletic director, Mr. Mike Marlowe, has been really instrumental in the commitment to our athletic department. And I'm just going to talk about our basketball program. We have a $47 million brand new facility, the Student Athlete High Performance Center. Like today, everybody's excited with our nutrition. We had a Taco Tuesday today. And, you know, just to have a brand new practice facility, that helps anybody, anyone you recruit, whatever level. It's about the facilities. And then, you know, the other thing that we have really, Coulter, is that we want to start our recruiting in-state, and we've had success in some of the California areas. So like someone who has uh, parents down in the valley, we're only two hours away from the valley. Flagstaff, as you mentioned, is a beautiful city to live in, and it's a college town. So you add all those things together, and you know, right now our last 14 guys that we've had come up on an official visit, 13 of them have committed, and one of them went to Pepperdine. So we have to get the right guys here on campus, and once they come to Flagstaff, uh, we have a pretty good chance of finalizing the deal. We'll talk about the matchups this weekend. Then uh, Thursday, you draw the, the defending Big Sky Conference champions there in Bozeman, and uh, they've been fascinating to watch evolve. Speaking of guys that have uh, identified the way to use the transfer portal, I think Danny Sprinkle's done a great job of that, and uh, they have some premier players that they've gotten off the transfer wire. So uh, when you look at Montana State, uh, what's the general scout? What do you think of the, uh, the matchup with Montana State? Well, tough. Always tough. Uh, you know, Coach Sprinkle is a good friend of mine and always tough to play Montana State. And I think the one thing, more than anything, is they're going to play Montana State basketball. They're going to pound it inside. And, you know, obviously they have some skilled players outside that they can mix and match. I thought we did a good job against their bigs last time. And, you know, they're a three-man and two-man. They go off on us, and their point guard has 18 or 20 on us. So I think that's a credit to how Danny's been doing there. So I guess my point to that is I don't know if you can take away one or two guys because they're so good. And, you know, he's going to run his stuff and – They've been successful with it, so um, hopefully we can score more points in them. But, you know, they got six, seven guys who can come in and win a basketball game. I know you're not looking ahead to, to Saturday, but it should be a good one in Missoula as well. And that was one of the best games in the Big Sky so far this year and uh, gave you guys one of your conference victories when you beat the Grizzlies down there in Flagstaff. So uh, you've had some some good success, actually, against Montana these last couple of years. Why, why do you think that is, and what do you think of just the matchup with the Grizz on Saturday? Well, you know, this is no different than Coach Sprinkle and Coach DeCure. Just most respect for him. When I was coming into the league, they were back-to-back NCAA tournaments, and then, you know, they lost in the first round of Michigan and really played those the Big Ten team tough. And, you know, the recent success, I think 
I made a couple of shots at the end. You know, sometimes you get lucky. Um, I, I would say a little luck was involved, and, you know, credit to our players, too. And, uh, you know, I know one of the guys was sick last time we played him. Whitney was sick, so and I think that was a factor in it. And, but as, as we head up there, I think the other part, too, that's fun to play there, and it's not fun from the standpoint of the competition, but the fans, you know, they have great crowd support. It'll be a Saturday night game, and, um, you know, it'll probably be a sellout because of their success. And, um, you know, our guys, they look forward to those challenges to play on the road those type of environment. Shane Burkhardt, Northern Arizona head men's basketball coach. His squad making the Montana swing this weekend. They're in Bozeman Thursday to take on Montana State and in uh, Missoula on Saturday to take on the Grizzlies. Coach, anything else you want to add before we get you out of here? No, I, you know, I'll just say I really appreciate you thinking of us. And, you know, when I say that, we look forward to it. It's just nothing more than respect for, you know, the tradition both of those schools have and the coaches. And, uh, you know, hopefully come up there and have some success. And I learned from this experience. We'll look forward to seeing you, and the best of luck with the road trip travel safe. Thanks for being here. Okay, Coulter. Have a great day. Thank you. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com slash apply. Around the Big Sky and women's hoops continues. Krista Redpath in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez, and we're joined now by Trisha Binford, the head coach of the Montana State women's basketball team. Her squad coming off of another home sweep. And coach, I want to ask you just broadly about this because I watched both your games over the weekend, wins over Portland State and Sac State, and you had a couple quarters in which you didn't shoot the ball well at all, but it seems like your team has found a variety of ways to win and keep fighting. So just talk to us about that element. I mean, in the second half against Portland State, you really found some flow Bounce of movement and uh, pulled away in that one. And then against Sac State, a hungry team comes to town. They're up 19-2, to but you guys end up pulling out a one-point victory. So what can you just say about the fight of your team? Yeah, um, some, some great resolve there in grit, for sure. We, uh, we had a little bit of illness and bug going through the team, so we had some different lineups that we were working through, not to give us an excuse on some of the kind of up and downs, but to find a way to spike some of that going on, uh, just as the character of the depth of the, of the team. I would tell you we've had different kids every night. I think that's one of the benefits of playing a bench of 10 kids on a regular basis, that when you have some of these situations where we had some kids unavailable on Thursday, we could kind of uh, change the rotation, but it felt still still comfortable for us. Um, but our defense just kind of kept us in it in certain stretches, and we're finding ways to do a better job on glass, kind of get some possessions back in our favor to give ourselves a fighting chance. Um, but I certainly would not draw that up as a recipe to get down 19-2, to two, but uh, just really proud that they found a way because that has been something in the past that we have experienced with some slow starts, and this was kind of the first time that we've been able to overcome such a slow start. It also seems like you guys just have the mentality of, of being able to rise up uh, when the moment uh, presents itself, right? And, and I mean, that to me is the mark of a champion. And I know you guys are still chasing another championship, but it seems like you have a lot of winners within your program. So, I mean, how much of, of that is mental? Just been able to you know shake off maybe when you don't play that well and still find ways to win? Because you guys have done that multiple times this year. 
Well, it's definitely uh, an area that we've improved. We spent a lot of time just on the mental aspect at the beginning of the year where we did have some roller coaster situations, even the opening weekend, um, having a really tough loss at Idaho. And, um, you know, we've talked previously about, you know, things that uh, Dr. Scott and Morton has had our kids working on and just kind of like when you have a little bit of that bullseye, how you're handling that from the mental and physical preparation and that approach. And I feel like the kids have really... uh, Uh, They've kind of dove in um, full throttle as far as what that looks like to um, kind of have an out team approach as a group and to play for each other and what that looks like regardless of a statistic. And so I feel like there are some steps that we're making that are much better in that area. Our huddles are a lot more poised. Um, Our responses have a lot more composure to them. But it also does take a lot of experience in some of those situations. You know, we've got the benefit of kids that in end-of-game situations have been in those moments and they have have uh, risen, but there's a lot of trust in their teammates in those situations for them. And I think that builds a lot of confidence, but we certainly know that uh, there's a half a season left. So there's still a lot of work to do. Sac State really capitalized on a lot of our errors in that first quarter. We were very inconsistent at best, um, but I think those things are, are lessons that you can continue to take to make sure that you're getting better the next day in practice. Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops this week, presented by Ryan Holloway and Miller, your Montana attorneys. Trisha Benford, Montana State head women's basketball coach, joining us here on ESPN Radio. Uh, last question about uh, this last weekend, Coach. What did you think of Sac State? I watched them live on Thursday in Missoula and then also uh, watched your guys' game very intently on Saturday on the stream. And uh, they got some really talented players. So what have you thought of just the way uh, Mark Campbell's yeah. got that going a little bit here in his second season? <laughs> Well, and even, I know this is not answering your question, but even backing up to, to uh, Chelsea on uh, oh, for Thursday, sure. Portland State is much improved, and they're leading the conference in forced turnovers. Their zone is a lot more aggressive than when it was last year, and so I just think the league as a whole is really um, getting better, and so I think that's a credit to all the coaches. But like you said, Mark Campbell has some really talented players. Um, obviously, their inside presence is a handful to deal with, especially on the rebounding count with a team that leads the the conference and rebounding margin so that was something we really had circled there because they just do such a great job of uh, controlling the glass with that size but then you insert the dynamic point guard feature um, that was getting a lot of our attention early we just didn't defend the other areas early where they were just lighting us up from three everywhere in the beginning of that game and so we try to kind of control the three-point line a little bit better as we got going Uh, But like you said, they've got a really talented group. Um, We really were trying to focus on just trying to chip away once uh, we had the deficit of really um, taking the third quarter to heart. Um, That's been an area where we've been kind of either really bad or really good. And if we're going to take advantage of the depth that we have, that's where that third quarter really has to have a punch for us. And I thought our third quarter was able to start doing that for us down the stretch. Last couple of things for you then. You mentioned now you're into sort of the second half. I know you guys played – 10 games in the quote-unquote first half, so just eight games left, but still now the second time around of, of seeing everybody uh, besides Idaho. I guess you guys have gotten Idaho out of the way uh, for the two matchups with the Vandals. So how would you just sort of evaluate uh, your team standing right now alone in first place in the Big Sky Conference? What have you liked about the first half? What do you want to see improve in the second half? What I like is that we're moving up in our rebounding margin. I'm like after the opening weekend and even in the preseason, that was an area that was an eyesore for all of us. Um, we really had to kind of 
dig down as far as what are we going to do differently? How am I going to prep them differently? How are we going to address that in our drills? And I've seen us gradually um, improving in that category. Uh, but I'll tell you, uh, I don't sleep well on every opponent or any game because um, I know every single opponent is going to be the grind and you have to be ready to go. And so we've got to be locked in. We've got to be super focused. I think uh, it's anybody's ball game right now. Every single night you're seeing some scores that uh, uh, maybe were unpredictable. And I think that's a credit to all the teams in this conference right now. But we just got to really have this short-term development and growth right now about us to get better in some areas. So we're not getting exposed in some of those um, mistakes. We don't want to make some teams earn a few more of those things because that's what it's going to really come down to uh, of who's going to be the sharpest on that 40-minute game. So I'm excited about the league. I'm excited about the conference. Conference. I think every game's uh, or every night's going to be super interesting, uh, but we've got we've got to do our work and we've got to do our part. And um, this is one of my favorite months coming up. February is is where you either love to be in the gym or you're getting burned out. And if you want to you want to dance, you want to do some things really exciting. It's got to be a time of the year where you're super excited to be around those people. And, and we are certainly having a lot of fun with these kids right now. Trisha Bedford, Montana State head women's basketball coach, here on around the Big Sky women's hoops on Nuanas now. Trish, thanks so much for the time, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon, but best of luck on the road trip this weekend. Sounds great. Thanks, Coulter. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Big Sky Breakdown rolls on. New venue, though. We're coming to you actually from the Velk Law offices right here uh, in the heart of Missoula on Orange Street. So uh, fun to do a little reno upstairs. So that's always good. Uh, but uh, good to see you, man. And uh, how you doing? Good. I'm trying to trying to be chipper even though that it's it's been cold and miserable for the second time again. We've reached a, a maximum cold for Missoula. I'm from Haver, which this isn't really cold even when it gets cold, but Missoula's outdoing itself this year. This has got to be the most Haver natives on the Big Sky Breakdown ever because we got Velk right now, and then we got Lori Payne, Northern Arizona head coach, coming up here in just a little while. A great player up there uh, for the Blue Ponies. What's the coldest it ever was up in Haver? When you, can you remember? Yeah, I remember with Windchill one time, it was 57. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, of course, we didn't look out the window at it. You got, <laughs> up, you got up and you layered up and you went out and you were in it all day. And it, and it took you two hours to do a task that would normally take you 15 minutes. Because if you hurried, you'd run out of breath. And then if you sucked in air quick, then you'd freeze your lungs and you'd probably die. So. <laughs> Life on the highlight, baby. We shouldn't laugh when we have to because that's just the only way you can survive. We've been doing the uh, the top 12 countdown of the best University of Montana men's basketball players that Velk has ever seen. He's been sitting courtside for more than four decades. So uh, now we're into uh, the top 10. What, number eight right now, right? Yeah, I think it is eight. Well, number eight, who you got this week? Well, this week we got Matt Kempfer. So Matt Kempfert, Missoula guy, uh, a great Grizz family. His dad, uh, Al, worked at the university. His brother, Dave, played on the football team. But uh, this is sort of into when I was a kid in Missoula. Th- that group of guys was like the first group of Grizz guys I really like. thought was awesome. Matt Kempfert was great. Yeah, he's a phenomenal player. And, you know, he, he got recruited by Morrell, uh, Stu, but then Stu took off. And so then he played for Blaine those first four years under Blaine and 
they made the NCAA tournament, I think, in 92, and they made the NIT in 95, and he was there. And, you know, it's like we were talking last week. If there was anybody good that was a Montana kid, they were going to come here. And Matt has even said that before. He had other offers and other things going on, but he goes, I thought that was always second tier compared to playing home for your home school. It was cool, too, because he's a Hellgate guy, right? Yeah. And so was Coach Taylor. So that was kind of an interesting dynamic because there was a couple of Missoula guys, including a couple of Hellgate guys, that, uh, that played uh, for the Grizz under Coach Taylor. So that's kind of cool fold, too. Yeah, really cool. And like we said here, I think, last week, those, those teams with Taylor were up-tempo, fun, go, 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 score a ton of points. And we had great records, like as good as I ever remember. I think, I think Taylor, in terms of percentage-wise, has the best percentage of win. That's the weirdest part, too. Now, scheduling so topsy-turvy and whack, whacked out in Division One men's hoops, like you probably remember – Used to get Boise State or even Gonzaga used to be able to come here back in the like eighties and, and early nineties. I mean, they were in the big sky for a little while. Now that's like a complete crapshoot. That would never happen. Gonzaga to go to Montana now. Yeah, never, never. Especially after we went over there this year and we we're up by ten uh, with ten minutes to go, up twenty to ten because I went over and risked my life and watched that game. But yeah, we we almost beat them here at home. I can't remember when it was, but that was the last time they showed up. They're like, eh, we're on our way to mid major. Um, top tier stuff at that time and we don't want to risk a loss at home to the Grizz so you can't get that yeah Kempford I think went 14 of 14 against against Boise State that was a huge win I remember that was the number one thing I remembered from him before even looking at the stats and now looking at the stats the stats back it up Uh, first of all he's a thousand point scorer and uh, had a whole bunch of rebounds as well and had great junior and senior years averaging 13 and a half points and eight and a half rebounds during his junior year 14 and a half points seven and a half rebounds during his senior year but that's the thing that I always remembered was when he would get going in the post he would have these ridiculous games where he'd be like 10 of 12 9 of 10 11 of 13 like he, he when he was really going he would not even miss a shot sometimes well yeah I mean the thing about him is he got himself into open positions and scored really high percentage score I mean like I don't remember a game ever where he shot less than 50 percent and, and that just means that your footwork is perfect. It's precision. And then if they cinch you down, he'd kick it out because we had good shooters. We had Gary Kane out there and guys like that. So he wasn't, he wasn't forcing anything. He didn't have to force anything. But when he did get going, holy cow. Yeah, and uh, he's tough too. 6'8", but really strong. And I mean, not necessarily jumping out of the gym, but like you're saying, positioning, bully over and kind of get you out of the way. Yeah, you know, kind of reminded me a lot of Andrew Strait yeah. in that regard. Probably just one titch below Andrew Strait's ability. Um, but the bottom line is when a guy is not making mistakes, he's strong and physical, he's getting rebounds, and he's not forcing things up, good things happen. Great family. His brother Dave was a great player on the uh, the Grizz 95 National Championship team. We got to know Dave a little bit too during our Grizz Greats podcast series, uh, chronicling the 95 National Championship team. But the those Grizz, those Grizz teams were fun. You're right. I mean, Blaine Taylor's style was was really fun, really up-tempo, and uh, they used to pack the house. So uh, this is a fun era of Grizz basketball to remember. That was great. I mean, we were, we were still getting the huge crowds. We were still at the point when football hadn't eclipsed totally. basketball yet in terms of student participation and everything. So we still had the raucous gym. We had the zoo. I mean, now you might have a zoo, but it's like the aviary section. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta love it. Well, our uh, top 10, I guess top 12 countdown will continue 
uh, next week. But the Grizz back at home this weekend. Northern Colorado in town Thursday. Northern Arizona in town Saturday. Velk will be sitting courtside like he always is. You got any thoughts on these games? Northern Colorado's the worst team in the league to me. They got all the be- a whole bunch of the best players, and they're two and seven. It's crazy how how they've been so down this year. Yeah, you mean Northern Colorado? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, and then. Who did they knock off? They knocked off somebody pretty good, right? Yeah, they have, and they've been and they took Eastern Washington down the wire, and yeah, I mean they've been in games for sure. Well, and for a while there, Northern Colorado kind of had our number there for a couple of years. I mean, they've won four out of five in Missoula, which is I don't know how many Big Sky teams have ever done that, but not very many. No, so I, I, I think uh, Travis is going to have the boys wound up and got them recognizing the fact that Northern Colorado always looks to get a signature win here. It for whatever reason they're circling this and putting an X on the, on the calendar, and they try and come in here hard. They're usually unbelievably athletic. They're just usually selfish, and so they don't play as a team. So that's how we can usually beat them. But for whatever reason, like you say, they've been coming in here, putting aside their narcissism for one game and trying to take it to us, and they've been fairly successful. Hello, we're sitting down here at Velk Law. John Velk, our exclusive Grizz basketball sponsor. We'll be checking in once a week. Uh, with all the best of the best when it comes to the history of University of Montana men's basketball. And uh, we'll look forward to the games this weekend. Uh, he's located right here on Orange Street in Missoula and also same number forever. Tell people the, the number. If you've been in a car accident, anything you need personal injury-wise, Velk's your guy. So give him a call. What's the number? It's uh, 406-543-0909. And I got the website velklaw.com. Check it out. If you need anything, give me a call. And there's no charge. I'll talk to you. And if I can help you, I can. And if I can't, I can't. There you go, Velklaw. Grizz Hoops once a week here on the Big Sky Breakdown. We'll be back at it next week. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks, buddy. Hey, guys. Ryan Tutel here for SkylineSportsMT.com. You know, when we brought Coulter on a year ago, it was a huge boost to ESPN Radio because no one knows more about the Grizz and Cats than he does. But Coulter is a journalist first and started Skyline Sports to cover the Big Sky explicitly full-time with no corporate interference, just the sports teams and people you care about unfiltered. I'm in the sports media, I understand the landscape, and I can tell you, there is simply no better sports journalism done in the state of Montana than that of Skyline Sports. Improve your habits. Go to SkylineSportsMT.com. This Saturday, what did you like about what you guys did and how, how were you guys able to finish that game? It was a back-and-forth game, but you guys came up down the stretch. We played together. We stuck together on both sides of the ball. Um, when you do that and your mojo is positive, you tend to have things bounce your way more often than not. And I think that's what we've been missing with some of these other close games. Um, the ball move, regardless to the situation, did I make the last shot, not make the last shot. Um, but the biggest thing, I think, for us was that we defended together. Um, and when we do that, it carries over and offense. I listened to your post game with Riley. You're talking about Deshaun getting going on defense instead of on offense. Usually he hits a three early, but instead he had three block shots. How much is that just important for that team defense you're talking about? It's huge. It has to be the frame of mind that you're in if you want to win. Your offense should never affect your defense. Uh, your defense can always carry you into offense, whether it's transition or it helps provide you with better shots. But also it just gives you a sense of uh, – you know, positivity within the group when you're getting stops, you're getting rebounds, and you're getting multiple possessions. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing for us. And we set the tone on the defense side of the ball. We typically get off to better starts. Some of those uh, half-court looks when Bannon was playing on the ball a little bit, that gives you kind of a, a unique mismatch. What do you like about that, especially when him and Deshaun are kind of working off each other? I love it. And, you know, we, we've gone to it a few times earlier in the year. It was when Witt was out yeah. um, with injuries. And then at Northern Colorado, we went to it. Witt was still sick. Um, and, and just hadn't really been himself for that week. So that kind of got us through that game. So we flirted with it a little bit here and there. 
Um, and we've tamp- we've tinkered with it over the years in practice, but just hadn't really pulled it out. Uh, he's continued to work on some of those things. But when he spreads the ball the way he did um, Saturday, we're, we're explosive offensively. And we'll keep looking at that. When he is your leading scorer, your leading rebounder, your leading assist guy, all that, I mean, how, how important is Josh Bannon to, to this team's success? Well, his versatility is huge. And when you have guys that can play so many different roles, it allows others to be successful while on the floor with them, right? You can base his role based on the other four guys that are on the floor. Um, Whitney's a ball-dominant player, so we'll play him in the post when he's with Whit and Whit's out to let him handle a little more. Uh, that creates depth. But, but also, when his shot's not going, um, it still allows him to uh, be effective on the offensive side of the ball uh, and allows the team to still be effective. Josh Vasquez, it seemed like he's stepped up lately, too. He's shooting the ball really well, but also, again, on the defensive side, playing well, too. Been more aggressive. Um, I, I think that when he set the tone defensively a few weeks back, it carried over the offensive side of the ball, put less pressure on, feeling like you've got to make threes to have a good game. He's finding ways. I mean, at one point, he was leading us in blocks. Um, so when he's scrapping and defending and, and, and making plays on the defensive side of the ball, I think he doesn't think as much about the offense, and that's when the, the hoop gets big. Midpoint now, so making the turn into the second half of Big Sky Conference play. So what changes when you see teams for the second time? Not a lot. I, you know, obviously we might tweak something that we didn't think we did well uh, on either side of the ball, and, and they'll do the same, but we won't know what that is until we play. Um, one of the things that jumps out right now is that so many teams are defending everyone so differently that you can't really even watch Northern Colorado versus Eastern Washington, Northern Colorado versus NAU, and say, this is what they're going to do when they show up here. Um, and so a lot of it is just go out, play, and then make your adjustments as you get a feel for what it is. I've noticed that too. Is there anything you can point to as to why there's so many different diversity and so much diversity in the defensive schemes? It does seem like every team has a vastly different way of defending different teams in this league. It's personnel driven. Yeah. And, and this is one of those leagues. There's good coaches in this league and um, guys are trying to coach their guys up. They're trying to get more out of uh, a roster that might not be as talented as others and so you you scheme it and this is a conference full of schemes so many new faces and on this team and, and in this league so do you expect sort of improvement in that element both from your squad and, and from around the league just teams being more familiar with each other having more continuity yeah i think there's some other teams that can can continue to improve sure. but i don't know that the other teams have had the issues we've had sure. with guys not being available so they've had 70 practices together they've played 20 games together we haven't we, we've probably had 40 practices together and i think we've probably played a third of our games with everyone available so um, I think we're dealing with something a little different than what some of the other teams are dealing with, and, and there's time, um, but the clock ticks. So hopefully we have found a solution and we continue to improve through that this week. Watching Northern Colorado between Coach Linder and Coach Smiley didn't look like they changed much systematically. Did they look any different this year uh, now that Steve's been there for a couple of years? No, I, I think that there's a lot of tendencies as a program that they were successful with that they'll continue to do until they feel like they need to change. I think that Smiley's put his personality on some things offensively and found a way uh, to get production from maybe more than just one or two guys. Um, I, I think in the past they've been a team that one guy is very ball dominant and then someone else probably caught it and shot it. Um, Smiley's found a way to, to get production with three ball handlers. Um, I think that's the one area they've kind of changed a little bit. But it's still the same system. They're just spreading it out a lot. I mean, Dalton Connect, Dalen Kuntz, and uh, and Matt Johnson are all veteran players in this league that can play on the ball. So is that the key for what Northern Colorado does? Correct. Uh, 
uh, ball dominant team, um, and all their experience is in their backcourt. They just don't have a lot of experience in the front line. And when you have so many young players, you you want to make their job easy: finish, rebound, shoot open shots, and then let the other guys create. Um, and it's a creator's offense. So um, when you've got so many upperclassmen in the backcourt, you're going to play through them, and they're their best players. You know. Um, you know, Connect is probably the best offensive player in the league right now in terms of how he's playing these last couple months. And so you're going to try to keep the ball in his hands as much as possible. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Time now for a Montana State Minute. Checking in with Montana State men's hoops. The Bobcats back at home this weekend. We're joined now by Danny Sprinkle, the head coach of Montana State. And coach, thanks so much for being here. Uh, first, let's just go through uh, this last weekend. You guys sort of complete the first round of Big Sky Conference games. I know that uh, the Montana schools one game ahead of, of the sort of halfway pace. You got 10 games under your belt. Uh, but you saw yep. Portland State and Sac State for the first time, and uh, you guys got wins uh, in each of those places uh, during the West Coast road trip. So uh, just take us through them. I mean, what'd you like about your team's effort and uh, what'd you think of those two squads seeing them for the first time this year? Yeah, I, I really liked our guys, our focus and kind of our attention to scout detail, um, which I, I think is very, very important in league, especially when you get to the end of January and you know now to the second round of league. And I thought our guys did a tremendous job, you know, taking care of the basketball in both games, uh, which is very critical on the road. And I thought our toughness, you know, I, th- I thought we made some really tough plays and effort plays. You know, it's something that, you know, even against Montana when we won, I, I didn't I didn't like our effort um, on some certain plays where I thought we kind of got out-efforted, and, uh, and we cleaned that up. And we're going to need that uh, also, again, this Thursday and Saturday if we want to keep winning. Those places, too, are, are interesting places to play. I mean, that new arena they got in Portland is pretty sweet. And I know you, you mentioned in your postgame Saturday after playing at the Nest, it was a good environment there as well. And Sac State's been very good at home. That was their first uh, home loss. So you, you mentioned, I mean, maybe you want more consistent effort, things like that. But also, anytime you can sweep a, a West Coast road trip, that's pretty darn good. So what would you just think of your guys' ability to sort of handle the environments and, and handle those new places to play? Yeah, no, no question. Uh, you know, the Viking Pavilion, I think that's what they call it. I mean, that's a beautiful mid-major arena. I mean, it's the perfect size. It's straight up and down. Um, they had a great crowd there that night. Like, it got loud um, in the second half when they kind of made their run. And uh, that it kind of shocked me because I didn't – once the game starts, I don't even look up in the crowd. But it, it filled in pretty good. And uh, it was tremendous. And then we had, a, we had a great, you know, alumni group and former football players and basketball guys out there. And uh, so we had we had a great support group out there in Portland, too. And then, obviously, at Sacramento State, you know, you mentioned it. You know, they hadn't lost there all year. And, you know, Coach David Patrick's done an unbelievable job. They got a good team. Both those teams are good, you know, but they, they got some high major transfers that are that are really talented and they're big, they're physical, they defend. And uh, and that place was rocking. You know, like I said, I, I had to give credit to the Hornets Nest. You know, they – you know, Coach Patrick's done a great job bringing that culture in there and getting fans excited, and the place was packed. Now it's only whatever 1,500 people, but it was loud, and and uh, it, it is a fun basketball environment. 
Dave Sprinkle joining us here on Nuanas Now, our Montana State Minute, presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. Coach, one place that you guys uh, often have matchup advantages is on the block, in the post, because you have one of the best big guys on the West Coast, honestly, in Jabril Bello, but also great Osabars made great strides as well, and, and he's really good uh, on the block himself, but yet yeah, went against one of the biggest guys I've ever seen in the big sky in Callum McRae. I don't know how many 7-1, 265-270-pound dudes have ever graced the big sky conference, so what do you think of your guys' ability? to kind of embrace that challenge and is you think that's good for them to, to sort of go against a guy that maybe is even bigger than they are yeah you know and he causes a lot of matchup problems for a lot of teams you know he he's so big but he's skilled and he's got great touch you know around the basket you know he does you know he's like i said he's he can dribble he's 7-1 but he knows how to crab dribble and get closer to the basket so when he shoots it you know he's always usually five six feet from the rim and once he shoots it he kind of takes another step forward so you can't box him out, and you're buried under the rim. So even if he does miss it, he just gets it and tips it right back in because he's so big. Um, but he does a great job on the perimeter, too, in their offense, you know, with kind of their dribble handoff action and screening, um, you know, because he's so versatile. You know, there's not too many, you know, 7-1, you know, I think they list him at 285 pounds. And uh, there's not many guys that size with his skill level, not only in the country, but in the world doing that. No doubt about it. Let's talk then uh, just about sort of the midpoint of the season. I mean, you guys sit here at 8-2. and two, uh, You're alone in second place. Eastern Washington has been outstanding, winning 12 in a row, including 10 straight Big Sky Conference games. They sit uh, alone in first place. Uh, but now how uh, we as we get into the second half of the Big Sky season and you're going to get to see uh, everybody again for the first time, or I guess for the second time now, uh, what do you think of just your team's status in the league and what are some of the challenges when you go see teams for the second time around? Yeah, I mean, I, I I like where we're at. I know we have a, a ton of room to improve, and we're going to have to improve. You know, this, this the league is really good. Any given night, you can not only get beat, you can get blown out. I don't care who you're playing, teams one through ten. There's a ton of parity, and you got to be able to show up and be mature and be able to execute that night if you want to have a chance to win. Um, it is hard to win on the road, and we've done a, a solid job of that so far. Um, but we still got, you know, we still got three tough road games too. You know, at Idaho State, Weber, and Eastern. And then, obviously, we got the five games at home uh, against five really good opponents. So, we're going to have to, you know, we, we got to have that, you know, like we've talked about, that mindset of improvement. And, you know, there's still a lot of stuff and gaps that we need to, uh, we need to fill. When you talk about the depth of this league and, and some of the talent in this league, you, I mean, I think Northern Arizona, who you guys host on Thursday, is a great example, right? I mean, you got Jalen Cohn, one of the most explosive scorers in the league. Xavier Fuller, who's one of probably the best newcomers in the league. Carson Tount, who's yeah. kind of your junkyard dog who does a lot of the dirty work for them. And, and they've only won two league games, but they are coming off a, a win over Northern Colorado. So uh, what do you think of the Lumberjacks? And do you think that's kind of sort of a, a testament to what you're saying, just the, the depth in this league? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it shows how good the league is. You know, but they've also had four losses like in the last minute of game. And so, you know, their record could very easily be flipped. And that's that's the same with a lot of teams in our league. You know, even Idaho, you know, Idaho State. Like, there's been a lot. There's so many close games in this league that it comes down to you got to do what Eastern Washington's done. You know, I think in, in their 10 wins, probably in five of them, they've hit threes in the last 30 seconds to, to win those games. And so they've made the plays and, and you know, all I worry about is the Bobcats, and we, we have to continue to make those plays in the last four minutes of games uh, to win. Improvements you want to see out of your team here during the second half? 
you know, we got to continue to, you know, we got to continue to keep getting a little better defensively. And I think we've made, you know, strides every week or every two weeks. Um, but, you know, it's going to come down to, you know, you got to defend if you want to win the championship in this league. Um, and then also, you know, shot making. Most of the games that we haven't been successful, we've, we've had good looks and we just haven't knocked them down. And, uh, you know, the, in February, like we always say, you know, that, that's when players make plays, you know, and it comes down to everybody knows what everybody's going to run and, you got to have guys step up and knock down shots and, and make the game-winning plays. Montana State at home this weekend, Northern Arizona and Northern Colorado in Bozeman. And, Coach, uh, last thing for you that I know that uh, you're not looking past NAU, but what do you think of then the Saturday matchup with Northern Colorado? I mean, another team that has some of the best players in the league. I mean, Dalen Kuntz was the leading scorer in the conference last year, and Dalton Neck is one of the leading scorers in the country this year. So uh, what do you think of that matchup on the horizon with the Bears? They're always dangerous because they can really score to basketball. They've always been able to do that from Coach Linder and Coach Smiley. Like, they always have guys on the perimeter that can really shoot the three and they can really score. And so you have to do a tremendous job guarding them, uh, which is a lot easier said than done. And then you got to make them work defensively too uh, because they're, they're, they're too dynamic offensively, like you mentioned. You know, I mean, they have two of the two guys who can score the basketball as well as anybody in the country. Uh, and then they also have Matt Johnson, who's a six-year point guard. You know who's a tremendous shooter. You know, and he, you know, he's been a double-digit scorer for a couple years now in this league. And so, you know, our guys, they they know Northern Colorado and, and have a lot of respect for them. And uh, we know we got to play, you know, really well on Saturday to have a chance to win that game too. Montana State Minute presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. Danny Sprinkle here on Nuanas Now. Bobcats host Northern Arizona and Northern Colorado this weekend. Coach, thanks for being here, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. You bet. Go Cats. Whether you're in the restaurant business or you just want to host any big event, JNV Restaurant Supply can make sure you have everything you need. JNV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a Scotty, JNV Restaurant has everything you might need. They have locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. If you can't make it in, JNV also has a great website, jvrestaurant.com. Get everything you need for your next event at JNV, your restaurant specialist. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. We are into the second half now, the Big Sky Conference schedule, and a couple big ones for the Montana schools, both in the state of Montana and on the road. The lady basketball teams for both Montana and Montana State venture out on the road to start Big Sky Conference play, and they make the swing through northern Arizona and northern Colorado. A couple new travel partners here in the Big Sky. We're joined now by NAU head coach Lori Payne. Lori, thanks for being here. How are you doing? Of course. Thank you, Coulter. Uh, I'm doing great. Before we get to your squad and uh, just uh, these matchups this weekend, let's talk about the first half of Big Sky Conference play. I mean, what have you thought so far uh, just of the women's league in general, and, and how have you thought of your team's performance so far at the midpoint? You know, I think uh, this year of any of the years that I've been at NAU, there's there's more parity in the in the league this year on the women's side than there ever has been. You know, you look at the top of the standings right now, and it's uh, it's one of those that I think right now any of four or five teams could potentially win it, and there's kind of a, a logjam up there in the, the top. So, um, you know, we're happy with how our team's performing right now. Um, I think we've kind of gone – through our ups and downs like most teams do throughout a season um we have a lot of young kids playing so you know we're trying to continue to give them experience and confidence and hopefully they start to understand the the long haul of a college basketball season and you know i think they're everyone's feeling the effects of of that length of season right now 
Well, it's interesting, too, because you mentioned you look at the top of the standings, but then I look at the bottom of the standings, and you see Idaho and Idaho State, who are two of the best programs in the conference, and, uh, you know, with some of the best players in the league, like Beyonce B and, and Callie Bourne, too. So, I mean, top to bottom, it seems like the league is pretty darn strong this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think there's any team that you can just assume you're going to beat on any given night, which which makes it a lot more competitive. Um, it makes scouting a lot more difficult, I think. But, um, you know, it's it's great. I mean, any I think any team in the league could win the, the conference championship. One of the most fun storylines last year was the fact that there was five new head coaches in the league. And now uh, all those head coaches are second year head coaches. And I know you squared off with two of those squads last weekend against Eastern Washington and Northern Colorado and went to overtime with both, lost Eastern, but they bounced back for a nice overtime win uh, at Northern Colorado. So I guess that was uh, in the span of about a week, not the same weekend, but either way, your last two uh, outings. So what, what have you seen of just uh, in terms of those two teams sort of turning the corner here in year two, and what do you think of just uh, sort of that dynamic? Because it seems like all, all five of the teams under second-year head coaches are, are improved and competitive. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's so good for the league just to, you know, have teams that – continually get better and obviously the the new coaches in the league are, are doing a great job um eastern is is by far the most improved team i mean they have some of the best players in the conference right now and and they're they seem to be playing really well um obviously they had a little setback with weber but you know they're a really solid deep team and i think that's really what catapults people into the the championship you know the long season conference championship is having that depth on your roster and there's definitely a handful of teams in this league that have a lot of depth um you know because at this point in the season there's you know injuries happen kids are you know those type of things and um, if you have depth on your roster like you can withstand some of some of those challenges and some of that adversity Lori Payne joining us here on ESPN Radio. She is the head coach of the Northern Arizona women's basketball team. Uh, they are uh, at home this weekend, hosting Montana State Thursday and Montana uh, on Saturday. Uh, coach, one of the features I'm working on this leading up to the Big Sky Tournament is just about um, some of the, the coaches in this league that were former point guards, like yourself and Trisha Binford and a couple <laughs> others come to mind, and the, sort of the extension you have on the floor with senior point guards. you got Reagan Skank, one of my favorite players in the league. Darren Wright is playing there at Montana State. So, I mean, how much comfortability does that give you? I mean, how much uh, how much stability does it give you when you know you have sort of a veteran leader at the point guard spot? I think it gives us a lot of stability. You know, Regan's a fifth-year senior, decided to come back for her fifth year this year, and she's really been one of the pivotal players that has um, turned this program around from when I, I took it over. Um, and so, you know, for, for us to have that relationship and, and build that trust throughout a five-year span is something that I think we're, we're definitely um, getting a lot of positivity from. I loved her when she first came out uh, just as a, a freshman. I, you could just see how much energy she had and, and how much enthusiasm she played with. How have you seen her grow, though? I mean, how have you seen her game sort of evolve and mature as she's gotten older? She's grown so much on and off the court. You know, you just see, um, especially this year, like her decision-making down the stretch has been pretty high, you know, and, and obviously she's um, given out the assist. She's a triple-double watch every single game almost because um, she does so many positive things on the floor and impacts the game in so many ways. Um, but, you know, her assist-to-turnover ratio is, is crazy. I mean, she is such a dynamic player that you know that's one of the areas that she has really improved on is lowering her turnovers and in the meantime increasing her assists and it's it's very impressive the numbers that she's putting up this year a couple of the uh, best wins for your squad so far in big sky play came when you came through montana early in the conference season and now you got the montana schools coming back so just tell us about thursday man what do you think of the matchup with the bobcats 
Yeah, obviously uh, MSU is sitting at the, the you know top of the conference, and it's it's going to be a battle. You know, the Montana Montana State weekend they're always tough home or away because you're dealing with you know two of the best best teams in the league um, on a consistent basis. So you know we're we're just going to put our our best effort forward. You know, hopefully our our scout you know does some some good things for our players to prep, and they're excited though. I mean, our players are, are definitely excited to have both teams back up here in Flagstaff and you know we have a tough road we have five games in 10 days coming up so we'll be on the road for a week after the Montana game which is tough but you know that's part of the the grind of the Big Sky conference and the travel schedule and um, you know we're just hoping that things go in a positive way. And when it comes to Lady Grizz, you guys have played some thrillers lately. I mean, several of the last matchups with the Lady Grizz have been down to the wire one or two point games so why do you think it always is so close when you play Montana? Uh, they're just a really good team, you know, and we've been matched up with them so many times over my career here in the tournament and, um, you know, everything. So uh, they're, they're a really good team. And I think our players kind of see that as, as one of our, our rivalry schools a little bit. And, um, you know, you're going to get the, the best effort from both teams in that those big games. Lori Payne, Northern Arizona women's basketball coach here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Montana. Lori, thanks so much for joining us and best of luck this week. Of course. Thanks, Coulter. Appreciate it. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Well, happy now for the first edition of our Coach's Corner for 2023. And usually we're talking to high school coaches from around the state of Montana, but this is a Big Sky Conference-oriented Coach's Corner today. And we're joined by now new Cal Poly head football coach, Paul Wolf. Coach Wolf, I know we talked to you last fall, but in a different capacity. So congratulations on the new gig. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be in this situation and, and – uh a lot of work moving forward, but but things are going in a great direction for us. Well, you have been a head coach before, first at Eastern Washington and then at Washington State, and your life's kind of led you full circle to return to the big sky now at Cal Poly and now taking over for Bo Baldwin after he takes the offensive coordinator job at Cal uh, at Arizona State, excuse me, came from Cal and now takes the offensive coordinator job there uh, at Arizona State. Um, I know that in the moment, maybe it's something that you thought might be a possibility if Coach Baldwin moved on, but... In the broad picture, did you ever imagine years ago that someday you'd be the head coach at Cal Poly? No, no, not at all. I mean, <laughs> it, it, you just never know, you know, in this business. You, you know, you take a job and, and um, you know, you, maybe you're gone before you want to go or or things change in, in front of you. And even this came up, you know, kind of, you know, out of, out of nowhere, to be honest. And uh, uh, and it happened so fast. But, um, but I'm prepared for it and uh, know the program right now inside and out because we've been here for the last two years and, and three years actually, and and um, you know we're heading in a great direction, and um, so that part's been you know a benefit for myself and the coaches that uh, we're able to stay on staff. You mentioned that it is kind of come out of nowhere. That's kind of how these things work this day and age. I mean, the Arizona State opening happened, and then Kevin Dillingham was hired, and then all of a sudden you have all these coaches from across the West sort of migrating their way to Tempe. It's sort of a phenomenon, the way that this works now, and uh, in the Power Five especially, you got kind of got to hit the ground running. So, I mean, what was your initial reaction when you heard that Coach Baldwin was leaving and that this opportunity might be available? 
Well, I was, I was, uh, I was hopeful, you know, and, and, um, I, I know I'd created some relationships with our administration and, and, um, and I know they felt really good about what we've been doing from a recruiting standpoint and developing these young men. Although the wins on the field, you know, have not been there the previous couple of years. But, but you know, we were flipping a, a program from a triple option offense into a pro style offense, and and um, just changing the type of young men athletically that we were recruiting. So it was going to be they knew it was going to take a little longer than the average rebuild. Um, but we feel like we were headed in a great direction that way. And. And, um, you know, when it happened, it happened quick, but I think everyone felt really positive, uh, with my experience, um, being a head coach and that, uh, our staff wanted to stay here and we have a lot of quality staff. And so uh, I think keeping, keeping the momentum, keeping the same people and really, you know, the connections that these coaches have with these young players we've recruited the last two years was, was, was pretty vital. Paul Wolf joining us here on ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television around the state of Montana and on the ESPN MT app. He is the new head coach at Cal Poly. This is our Coach's Corner. It's presented by Maldonado Law. Maldonado Law, your big sky defender. Coach, you mentioned just sort of the the program overhaul that's going on at Cal Poly. And I got to know Coach Walsh uh, really well, well his, during his time there at Cal Poly. had a lot of respect for what he did. But what you guys are doing are, is so much different uh, than the style that, that Coach Walsh was employing. So, I mean, what is the building process like, kind of transitioning away from a triple option style? I know that has influences on the defensive end as well. I mean, what is, what is it like to try to sort of overhaul this thing and uh, bring Cal Poly into a completely new identity on both sides of the ball? You know, at times, very painful, <laughs> you know. And, totally. And uh, as you, you you could see when we played the, the two Montana schools the last few years, it just hadn't been real pretty, and, and that's going to happen. And unfortunately, you know, this is not the type of school where we can bring in a tremendous amount of four, uh, four-year transfers or junior college transfers. Our academics are, are pretty stringent, and um, we have to have a high academic individual come here. And so those just r- really aren't in the transfer portal as much, obviously. Uh, or even from the junior college ranks. Now, I'm not saying we won't take young men from those two areas. We will. Um, but the percentage is pretty low. Um, so you got to go with the high school route, you know, and when you do that, you're playing a lot of young men that really probably shouldn't be playing the volume of reps each Saturday against guys that have been, you know, been in the weight room three, four years. Uh, they kind of knock guys around, and that has happened to us the last few years. Um, you know, and, and as these kids mature that have played maybe before their time, um, they're going to be better for it. You know, we just have to go through those growing pains. You know, the, the only way to get out of a, 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 you know, a complete rebuild like we were doing is, is really kind of go through this process, unfortunately, n- that nobody likes, but, but it's necessary to get us to where we want to get to. And, and uh, you know, you, I look, it's been interesting. You went Georgia Tech uh, uh, when they got rid of uh, Paul Johnson and they made the transition with uh, – with Collins, it's, it, it took it takes some time to, to change the philosophy, change the, the, the style and athlete that you're bringing in. So um, that's kind of where we were at. I, I do think that people are going to be surprised on, on our improvement this year. I think we're going to take a big step, though. Football is so so much like a pendulum, right? It swings back and forth, and it's so interesting to analyze the Big Sky Conference over the last 30 or so years, just the, the different styles that have taken precedent and then the ways that teams have either – sort of replicated that style or maybe gotten the polar opposite. As of right now, though, when you watch the national championship game on Sunday or you watch, you know, what Montana State did this year to run to the Big Sky Conference Championship, it seems like there's a heavy emphasis on line play and running the football. What would you, what do you think of just sort of the way that the Big Sky has evolved and where do you, how do you think uh, your philosophies both previously and now fit into that? 
Yeah, you know, it has definitely changed. You know, the, the ability to run the football in this conference has gotten so much more physical like the Midwest teams were, you know, have been in the, over the years and uh, particularly with the, running with the quarterbacks, you know. And, and in the olden days, you would, uh, wouldn't run your quarterback because they were built on throwing the football and you, and you wouldn't want them to get hurt by taking the pounding. And, um, but now we've got some more durable guys in there that can run the football uh, and, and it sustain those kind of hits that, uh, you know, quarterbacks in past years didn't. And so it definitely changes. You know, you gain numbers, obviously, in the run game, and so you, you have bigger plays in the run game when you were able to run your quarterback. So, you know, it's it's different, you know, and, and, and uh, it's very effective. And um, if somebody can control the clock and run the ball, it, that makes it really hard on any other offense. And so – um, it's definitely changed. I, I think for us uh, in my past philosophy when we were at Eastern Washington and we built the program there, it was based on physicality and size, but we wanted to be explosive in the passing game as well. And so balance was a key thing for us back then. Uh, and, and that's our philosophy going to be here at, at, at Cal Poly. I mean, we, we've got the ability to hopefully get the athletes and throw the ball in the air a, a good amount. We want to be exciting, want to be explosive in the pass game, um, but the element of being physical in the run game is, is a must because if you don't, you're going to get beat by teams that run the ball extremely well. So we've got to have balance there. We've got to be able to play complement football to help our defense um, out better than we've done. And, you know, those will be some of the emphasis moving forward for us. Coach's Corner presented by Maldonado Law. Dave Maldonado, the Big Sky Defender. You can find any and all ways that Dave can help you out at BigSkyDefender.com. Paul Wolf, Cal Poly new head coach, joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as statewide television on SWX Montana TV. And Coach, there's been much made of uh, the challenges at Cal Poly just because it is an elite academic institution, one of the great polytechnic and STEM schools in the country. How do you sort of use that... Uh, those challenges that academic prestige to your advantage you know i i think when you look right now at at what our graduates are doing when they leave this school i mean a majority of these young people here um have jobs before they walk across the graduation stage and um and they're they're doing extremely well right out of right out of college first job there some of these kids are making six figures and and uh when you see that and you know that that's a lifelong 40-year uh, degree that you're getting. Um, I think a lot of high academic kids that are great athletes you know, want to have that. And, um, you know, there's enough out there to do that. And we've got to be able to mind those young men. I mean, our philosophy is that we want to compete for, you know, conference championships and win a national championship and be in that kind of pool athletically. And that has not been a you know, huge emphasis for this school. Um, it is now. So our goal is to entice those young men that want to be able to come to a winning program and have a chance to compete for, for titles, um, in addition to have a phenomenal academic institution and, and have a degree that, that's going to last forever. Um, there are all young men out there that, that want that. And um, our job is to build a football program up to our academic level. And, uh, and you know, with John Madden's big gift and, and the Madden family um, developing a, a new football facility, a $30 million facility uh, that we're going to start construction on here in, in a few months um, is a huge step in that direction. And Cal Poly has tradition. I mean, I think five playoff appearances over the last 18 or so years. I mean, Rich Ellerson uh, was a great coach and, and uh, had Cal Poly in the, at least competitively close to the playoffs often. And I mean, Tim Walsh had a couple different playoff appearances there at Cal Poly and was close a couple other times as well. So um how do you sort of feed off of that or reignite the already existing success that has been at Cal Poly? 
I mean, you know, by winning, you know, we've, we've got to be able to get back in that, in that position where we're winning games, you know, weekly and uh, put ourselves in a position to compete for a playoff spot and, and a, a, ch- a championship. And um, it's hard work and it's going to be a commitment and dedication by everybody involved here on our campus and, and our, and our players. And uh, we feel like we have the young nucleus of young men that, that can put us in those situations moving forward. Um, we got to continue to coach them hard. We got to develop them. Uh, develop them as as young men and develop their physical bodies. But I, I feel like you just keep doing what we're doing. You work hard, you develop them hard, and um, you know you you keep growing them. And uh, once we elevate our our performance on the field, I think all the other things will fall in place. Paul Wolf, Cal Poly head coach here on Nuanas Now. Last thing for you, Coach. What is the most exciting part about this new opportunity taking over as a first year head coach in the Big Sky Conference? You know taking this program to levels it's never been. And, and that's, that's exciting as, as a head coach uh, is to be able to work with our staff and, and people with on, on our campus to move a program forward, to do things that it's never really accomplished on a consistent basis. And so um, that's exciting to me. And, um, you know, just the work of it, you know, the work it takes to go in, then watching it grow, watch the successes along the way. Of course, there's heartache along the way, but, um, watching the growth is going to be, is, to me, is what's fun. And um, I'm excited for that and looking forward to all the success moving forward. Well, Coach, I'm sure we'll keep tabs with you and uh, catch up with you throughout the off season, leading up to the 2023 football season. But, again, congratulations, and uh, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on ESPN Radio. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys.